0: Welcome to the Johansson Baseball 2.0 podcast, where we dive deep into everything baseball player development. Johansson Baseball 2.0 is your ticket to learning about player development, recruiting, and everything in between. Hosted by Jake Scala and Ryan Johansson.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Ryan and I are by ourselves again this week. We are going to talk about uh, the one thing. Jake, why do you have to make it out to be like, because we're like by ourselves? Like, this is the show, man. This like, is this like, is the show. Like, we this are the, the show.
0: show, right? Like, we've got guests and they obviously provide a ton of value, but like, this is the Johansson Baseball 2.0 podcast. Um Obviously kidding. I'm, I'm, that, much, that, I'm much more humble than that.
1: That is that is also not the, the one thing we're going to be no, talking no, no, about. No, 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 no,
0: no. No. So um, if you guys haven't read it yet, there's a book called The One Thing. And the idea is what is the one thing I can do right now that will make uh, my next task either easier or um, like non-existent, right? Like why, like a lot of times in life, we we like just throw these tasks on a to-do list and a lot of times they are tasks that are done out of order. They're not as important as the thing that we could be focusing on that would actually eliminate, you know, some of those tasks. Um, and hitting is the same thing, right? Like we want to be in sequence. We want our hands to work the, the right way. We want our h- eyes to work the right way. We want our head on the ball, our front shoulder closed, stay inside of it, wait back, no transfer your weight, like turn, no wait, stay close. Like, it's just like, there's so many things that all are working in conjunction with each other. Um, and, and one of the things that i say and you've probably heard me say this too um is i think i probably agree with 95 to 99% of hitting coaches like probably higher 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 than 95% on like what they teach um i think the challenges, and i think what most people argue over is like the delivery like how they're saying what they're what they're saying because the context of like staying back or keep your weight back or dare i say rear legged um you know th- there's some value there but there's also value to like getting on your front side and like transferring over yeah. 200% of your body weight in your lead leg and it's like well if you only focus on that and so it's about figuring out like what the one thing that mm-hmm. player needs to focus on right
1: now and getting them to their like to their flow state it's usually it's usually just solving the puzzle as as i have put it in the past uh, talking to like rear legged is one piece of the puzzle front-legged is one piece of the puzzle. It's all, it's all comes together in one piece and each player needs to figure out or each coach needs to figure out for their player, what that, that one piece, that one thing is they need to need to do to help solve the puzzle.
0: Yeah. And they might need to do multiple things. And that's kind of the problem with, with the hitting lesson model, right? Is like you get a kid in a tee, or flips or whatever. Obviously, we just use machine. We talked about that last week. Um, you know, but like the old traditional models, like 10 minutes of T, 10 minutes of flips, maybe 10 minutes of BP. And that's all. And it's really not even 10 minutes because you got to pick up the bucket. You got to move the T. You got to move the L screen. You got to move it again. So you're probably getting, plus you're talking in between. So you're really getting probably like five minutes of T, five minutes of flips, five minutes of BP, plus pickup time, plus talking. So you're getting 15 minutes of work for a 30 minute lesson. That's like the traditional hitting lesson model. And in that 15 minutes of work and in that 15 minutes of talking to create your 30 minute like model, like you're trading time for information. And so you just give way too much information. So that player leaves there and they're like, whoa, I got to do this, 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 and this. And then like you got dad from the stands who like took all of these great notes and is really excited to like help you. And is like I invested this time and, the, you know, this money. And OK, great. Like I'm going to make sure he does it. And then the kid doesn't execute in the game. And you're like, Well, what am I paying for? Then you're yelling from the stands all of a sudden. It's like, whoa, guys, what is the one thing, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the challenge I think with hitting lessons is because if you're trading the same information week to week to week to week to week for the same amount of money, like at some point you're really not paying for information. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think parents struggle to invest. Like what the kid really needs in that moment is like somebody to believe in him, somebody to push him. Like you're, (laughs) you're more paying for accountability, Mm -hmm in
1: good hitting lessons than like new information. And it's a process too. Like that's like, you have to like, if you, if you tell a kid three different things, like he's not going to improve at any of them because he's going to be trying to improve all of them at the same time. Whereas if you stagger it out and say, Hey, like, you know what you need to work on, this, this, and this, but we're going to start with this and we're, we're going to work on just this for, you know, this week and next week. And once we get down that down, then we'll progress and we'll move on to the next thing. And the next thing, because if you try to change too many things at once, you might end up even causing a new flaw that wasn't there before because they're over uh, analysis by paralysis or they're over overthinking everything because you told them everything in their swings wrong. Like they're, they're just going to struggle.
0: And you see an approach a lot. Like we create cognitive dissonance all the time. So basically a confusion in the brain, the brain doesn't know which side to take and it takes whichever one it decides to be more comfortable with, which is why you get a lot of passive players because as soon as, I mean, if you just watch a, like a kid pitch game, like real early, like a real early kid pitch game, their first experience is swing at strikes and be really aggressive be aggressive. That pitch is too close to take. Be aggressive. We want you swinging. We want you swinging, Johnny. Swing the bat. Don't jump out of the way. Swing it. Right. And then as soon as they chase a pitch on strike three, what are we swinging at? Right. So now it's like the brain is just super confused what to do in those moments. And then that like transit, like, people don't realize like those, those moments, those first initial moments are defining moments for players. You, it takes so much from the mental side to get players to understand, like, to then pick one thing. Oh, yeah. A, a and B can both be true. Mm-hmm. Swinging at strikes and being aggressive is a good thing. Chasing pitches slightly out of the zone, if you can hit them, is, is fine, right? It's, 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 it's a net positive if mm-hmm. you can hit. Like, finding barrels is good regardless of if it's actually technically a strike or not. And then swinging at non-competitive pitches is also a bad thing. But what's going to get you... A better result making sure you're on time and being aggressive and sometimes chasing especially at the lower levels versus uh being too passive because you're going to be quote unquote selectively aggressive and i when we and i'll just say this i know you didn't me to cut you off there i know you're about to say something i will say when i uh when i first was an assistant hitting coordinator with the white Sox, um the first guy that i was like assisting was really smart dude um he was very like informal, like very creative mind. He has a music background as well. Um, big left-handed, like played in the big leagues, like really awesome guy. Everybody loves him. Um, came from a mental skills background, like just very laissez faire. Um, and I remember like our mission statement, and like that was it. Like, we're gonna be selectively aggressive. And I was like, delete, like we're not gonna, we're not gonna say that. We're not gonna say that phrase. Well, why not? That's a bit Yeah, there's a reason for it. Like I could bore you with all the details, or like you find a different way to say it. Oh, okay, yeah. And then he just like found, you know, creative mind, like found a different way to say it. I was like, cool, awesome. But like selectively aggressive, like isn't a thing. You cannot do it. I tell players all the time, and I make sure I do this in front of their parents. It is okay to chase if you are on time for the fastball in the zone. It is okay to chase if you're on time for the fastball in the zone. When I coached in college baseball and the best hitting college team that I was a part of uh, was Rich Benjamin's team. Um, He just took his last team to the NAIO College World Series, by the way. Uh, He's a phenomenal hitting mind. He's a huge mentor for me. Um, We were only allowed to like players are only allowed to swing at fastballs. And I (laughs) this is a a hilarious story. I've probably shared this at some point. I went to go visit him um, like years and years later after I, I coached for him and uh i was like hey rich remember you always used to like tell kids like hey if you can't hit the wall in bp like you're probably not strong enough to play college baseball he's like i didn't say that like rich what (laughs) you absolutely did and like his assistant's kind of like laughing He's like yeah it kind of sounds like something you say he's like bro i never said that i was like it's like no there's lots of guys like yeah you can like like flare guys are great contact guys are great yeah we love all those guys and i'm like rich I, I, I spent my whole, like, baseball career, like, <laughs> like doing this, right? Like, and good for the guys that we coach because, like, we I quoted that a thousand times. Like, no, you got to be able to – in BP, you got to be able to hit the wall on the fly. That was my Ricky Bobby moment. Like, I th- feel like we all have Ricky Bobby moments. But, like, that was, like, you know, Ricky Bobby goes through the whole Talladega Nice movie. He's like, if you're not first, you're last. If you're not yeah. first, you're last. If you're not first, you're last. And he's like, oh, son, you can be fourth. You can be fifth. You know, you can be second, <laughs> third, fourth. You, you can even be fifth. And he's like, dad, I lived my whole life. Right, that was like my Ricky Bob moment, uh, which is absolutely hilarious. Um, and I and like <laughs> coaching professional baseball and like doing all those things, like, yes, I 100% get where he's coming from. I was like, I didn't say that, like, yeah, we just want guys to hit, yeah, you have four years to develop, guys, you play in a specific conference, like, yes, I understand, like, you want well rounded things. I can tell you to play at the highest level if you cannot hit. The, the fence on a fly, you are not strong enough to play this game. It is still a true statement, regardless of whether, <laughs> like, it was, it was the right statement when he was younger and coaching yeah. there, um,
1: especially at a field that didn't have really far
0: fences. Oh, yeah.
1: Right? Like, Justin's not that far. No, I think it's a center it's, like, maybe, like, 385 or something. It's short. It, it's yeah. a short porch. And he took that philosophy –
0: into his new school the first year he was there without a new recruiting class the same class that hit three homers as a group the year before and then set a i think they were 33 with like i don't know through 29 games like just absolutely murdered the school record the next year yes that is a true thing if you cannot hit the outfield fence on a fly in bp you're not strong enough to play this game or at that level obviously youth is different like you you yeah. move up to the 300 foot fence. You still got a guy who's 40 pounds soaking wet and, and two four. Like it's I I get that right. But like longevity wise, um, that ma- that seems to make sense to me. So what is the one thing right? Like the one thing for me is I'm gonna attack fastballs. That might be my one thing. I've got I've got some guy. I got a guy right now who's playing on a scout team. It's like dude, attack fastballs. That's it. Like you're not gonna get an opportunity to to play the approach game, to be like, oh, let me see one. It's like, nope, you're down 0-1. Guess what? Nasty slider. Now it's <laughs> 0-2. Oh, now you get 93 into 96 up at your letters. That looks really good. And if, you, if you're if you lucky enough to take that, okay, now you're still 1-2. Guess what you're getting now? Slider down and away. And he's either going to paint it. Like, you have to take that pitch. Like, if I'm down 0-2, and, th- and this is where, like, now we're getting way nuanced, but, like, if I'm down 0-2... And I went, I looked at a fastball, swung over the top of a slider, was lucky enough to lay off a, a, a slightly above letter, just absolute missile. I'm taking the next pitch, auto-take. I'm like, all right, he's either going to paint a slider or it's going to be way off the plate. Like, it has to be an auto-take. And then from there, when I get back to 2-2, now it's like hunting the fastball again. I'm crushing this pitch. I'm going to take a daddy hack on this. I don't care there's two strikes. So I think sometimes when people get like see dominant pitching, they get more defensive. It's like no, like
1: get aggressive
0: in order to run, in order to <laughs> score runs. If this guy's gonna be dominant, you might have to win the game with doubles and homers. Oh yeah, it's like why Max Scherzer so effective and like some of these guys. Like if you're a big power guy, power power pitcher, like you have to win the game on the one thing. Oh, yeah. So anyways, we're like kind of off topic. A we bit. Kinda,
1: yeah, like but, know, but the idea you're right though. Like yeah, we we had last year. Now we ended up losing this game cause we just, we lost, they, we did, but we started the game off. We were facing one of the best pitchers in the conference and our leadoff guy hit a first pitch bomb to start the game. And like, you could tell like dude, you know, dude's a stud. So it didn't, didn't phase him too much, but like it fired our boys up. Now we ended up losing the game, but like, you know, if he, you know, walks or hits a, hits a dink single, like, yeah, it's still good, but, it's that one thing. Like you said, you, you gotta, gotta go for it. But, uh, shout out, uh, Harrison Stanton on that one. He, nice, nice lead off bomb to start the game. And, uh, that was, that was pretty electric. That was a pretty electric game. Um, S- rem- sucks losing, but, uh, Re-
0: remind me at the end of this one. Cause we are gonna, uh, sorry if like you were like, had like a 45 minute drive ahead of you and you're like, Oh, sometimes there's like part one and two. This one's going to be kind of short. Um, but, I'll say one more thing, and then I want you to tell the story, the Bunting story. Now that he doesn't play at Wheaton anymore, um, the Matthias story. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna tell we're gonna tell that story at the end of this. Oh, that's a good one. Um, and and not to throw shade at anybody, it, it was a conversation that I think probably you and I both had with him that was like, like we're not gonna act that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, still a funny story. It's still a funny story, <laughs> right? Like like looking back,
1: you know. Um, it, it honestly it's it's just a good story from a like sometimes as a player you have to go to that place to to find that next gear
0: a hundred percent man like yeah like, it, like that's he, a great like, point like that's like a he, great point
1: he no, like he, some some pre-context he loves the pro loved the program loved the coaching staff loved everything about it but sometimes you have to go to that place to like Find yourself and be the dude. But uh so we're we're down in Florida. And Matthias is hitting I think at this point, you know, we're we're three games in. So like not a huge sample size, but he's he's hitting like something north of 500 on a year with several extra base hits and several RBIs. And it's uh, I want to say it's like a one run game. We're down one and. You know, Matthias is up to the plate, got a runner, runner on second, no outs. And he gets a he gets a bunt sign and you can just tell in his face he's he's a little bit annoyed. He's like, I'm, you know, I'm hitting 600. Why why are you telling me the bunt sign? So I want to say if I'm remembering it correctly, which I might not be. He he gets the bunt down. We end up getting out of the inning getting out ourselves out in the inning and scoring no runs. Next at bat comes up, hits an absolute moonshot to to put us up and the whole way around the bases he's yelling, Don't tell me to bunt again like that like I'm the man. And it it was one of the most electric moments of my baseball coaching career just from a, not because he, he said all that, but like he was fired up. The whole team was fired up. We, we took the lead, never looked back. Like it was just like, it was like, man, like this, this team has a chance to be something special. And you know, that sometimes you got to go to that place to, to be the dude. like, Like I said before, he loved, he loved the coach, loved the team, loved the program. Like he, he tried to get the bunt down the, or did get the bunt down the, the at bat before, but like sometimes you got to go to that, that place to take it to the next level.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Um, It's one of those things where like, again, like it comes down to the one thing, his one thing in that moment was like, watch this. Oh yeah. And I can tell you from my golf game, um, I'm a way better watch this golfer than I am a like, Oh God, I hope I don't slice golfer. Um, Unfortunately, like it's like a. to stay in that, in that moment, <laughs> like it's tough. And if you've ever obviously golfed before and they're like, I don't know why they put trees and stuff in the middle of the uh, fairway and all the other things. Um, but regardless, um, you know, that, that, that's kind of, that's kind of the idea. So my, my encouragement with all of the things that we said is to say this, if you're a coach and I'm doing this right now, um, or at least attempting to As part of my role um, as the co-director of player development for elite uh, baseball training is figuring out like what the culture is going to be. Um, I mean, our phones are just like, we're just like busy tonight. We so are. we're not going to edit this out. Like it's fine. The text was my fault. We got it. We have a staff meeting after this. So we got a text from it. So if it dinged on your thing, I've got alarms going for like, Hey, staff meeting time. I'm definitely editing um, this out. <laughs> so no, don't edit it out. Leave it out. It's fine. Like, um, uh, yeah. And if you're listening to this and you don't follow everybody on our staff, uh, make sure you figure out who our staff members are and go follow them on social media. Um, that's something we need to add to the website is on their okay. pages, like what their
1: tags are. Yeah. I, def- I also need to create a coaching Instagram account because my Instagram current account is not coaching no, it's just like you but and like you know me and my buddies, three and quarter hoodies, and yeah, you know three quarter. Whatever. Or I, I upgraded to to full sleeve t shirt hoodies. There you go, yeah, yeah. the t shirt for hoodies the winner. You know.
0: If you want it, the best t shirt hoodie, oh,
1: of all time, does he of still sell time? those? Because I kind of want to buy more. Well, we gotta tell him what it is. Great Lakes. Oh, Great Lakes does. I was thinking of. I was thinking of your boy Fitzy. Oh, Fitzy's goat baseball hoodie. Oh, I, I I don't fit, know if he's still. has got a whole new brand now. Now it's Fitzy. Yeah. Now now it's
0: a. He has a bobblehead, by the way. He does have a bobblehead. That's I'm pretty pumped. sick. Fun fact: JB 2.0 is going to be the
1: proud owner of bobblehead when he gets back in the town before he has a winter sick. ball. Yeah. But his his hoodies, I still wear those to this day. I don't know if he sells them anymore. But now I'm going to have to go to Great Lakes, knowing that they sell those too. That's uh, one more. Great Lakes is just the best. they they're they're the best at everything their their wood bats are nice their gear is nice like they're great customer service great human beings like i uh i just
0: posted that uh that sick picture on my own personal instagram speaking social media of me being in the rough and taking obviously i'm in the rough i'm golfing um but i look awesome i you know my my golf motto is look good feel good golf bad um and uh they're they're They've got a golf company, too. Um, and so he hit me up. He's like, dude, you've been golfing. He's like, dude, you look you look super show. Um, you look super show right now. Like that's like, dude, why, why are you not wearing Great Lakes gear? And I was like, oh, trust me. Like, there's a reason it's on Instagram and it's a still shot. There's a reason it's not, you know, video. Um, so. Um, regardless, though, um, yeah, the get your players think about one thing, like come up with a culture On your team, that's like one thing and then stick with it. It's like, think about like the movie Moneyball, right? Like this game is a game of adjustments and we tend to over adjust because of that. Like we tend to over adjust because it's a game of adjustments. Do not falter in whatever culture you want to be. So what I'm doing with the organization that I was just referencing is like, I'm setting rules, Like set rules. Like, hey, we're going to be aggressive on fastballs. That might mean we chase breaking balls. That's okay. I'm not going to try to be aggressive on fastballs and magically see breaking balls perfect when I'm 12. That's the first time ever you're going to probably see breaking balls. And they're not going to be very good, but it's brand new. You got to develop a sample size. It's no different than like really good hitters Going up, and this is this is part of why, like, I wouldn't draft high school pitchers, by the way. Like, I speaking of like going another layer, like, into this, I would not draft high school pitchers, and here's why the biggest reason why is if I've got a high school pitcher who's 93 to 96, um, and he's dominating high school hitters who have never, ever, ever seen that, he's going to look amazing. You have to have two pitches that you don't even have to throw for strikes at that level.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Like, he's going to look, he's just going to look, he's going to get embarrassed, here, even if they're all power five guys. He might no hit a, a team filled with power five guys. And, like, and granted, like, if this is you and this is, like, I'm not knocking anybody, like, you know, this is obviously like a true story, but, like, I'm not knocking the pitcher. Like, he might be great. That's fine. If it's me personally, I'm not drafting a high school guy because those power five guys just maybe have never seen that. And they might be willing to adjust. Like they're just going to be freshmen, like getting into that. And like there's a reason, like playing Power Five. Like the chance of you playing four years at Power Five school is not very high. Oh, yeah. You're gonna redshirt. You're gonna see live at bats. You're gonna like get into it. And then like yeah, you're able to perform and have a chance. But that's why, because I've also seen high school pitchers absolutely dominate, and everyone's really excited about them. And then they go and throw against rookie ball guys, and they're like okay, and they're like okay, it's time to move up. And then they move up, and they're like. Uh Oh, the stuff that was like way out of the zone, people aren't swinging anymore. And the stuff that's in the zone isn't surprising guys anymore. And like now they're walking guys and giving up homers a lot. It's a bad, bad uh, equation. So um, anyways, dialing it back one thing. um, Pick your stuff, like pick, pick your one thing. Like if you're a coach and you're trying to do this for a large, large organization, like pick your rules. What do you want to be good at? Pick three per category. What do you want to be good at on defense? What do you want to be good at on offense? What do you want to good uh, be good at um, pitching wise? Um, so defensive, like thinking more like position players, pitching, um, catching. You can have some things. And make sure your rules do not contradict each other. Your rules cannot contradict each other. It is not swing at strikes, don't swing at balls. It's, hey, we're going to be aggressive. Great, that's one rule. Like it can't be, and we're going to take pitches. Like it doesn't work. Like, make sure whatever your rules are. And if three is too many and you can't, like, come up with them, just pick one. What do you want to build your culture on? Do you want a a team of just absolute savages that take daddy acts and crush fastballs? Because I can tell you that that works at the college level. It worked for the Minnesota Twins in 2019. Now, when you have to face Garrett Cole and he knows that you're trying to pull a fastball
1: for a homer, it's not going to work that great. You're not going to – it's not going to work, you know? The other thing, don't contradict – your own roles when talking with players. Like players will see through that so fast when you say, "Hey, be aggressive," and then you know they go 0 for 2 with you know two strikeouts in the scrimmage, and you're like, "Hey, man, you're a little bit too aggressive there." Like that's that's very contradictory. And when you flip flop all those times, like players are either going to lose respect or they're going to lose buy in. Both of which are killer to programs.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So um, just take. Take those two concepts with you as you're coaching your teams is what's the one thing I can do to make my life easier as a coach or eliminate a possibly even like a drill or a practice plan, right? Like how can you do less to get more, like just keep working backwards to the main, the main thing. If you're, for example, if you are trying to work on hitting cuts and you guys suck at playing catch, play catch. Right? Yeah. Like play catch. Don't, don't go confuse them more and put more pressure on them. Like, play catch. And then just tell them, like, to go play catch in the, in the field in, like, a different way. Like, figure out, like, what that is. So, um, anyways, that's all I got. Um, that's all we got. That's all we got. The we'll, one thing.
1: Um, we'll see you next week for the next thing.
0: For more information or to train with the Johansson baseball team, Follow along with Johansson Baseball on all major social media platforms or by visiting their website at johanssonbaseball.com.